Welcome to the Bloom Where You're Planted podcast from Never Too Late Cafe. I'm your host, Laura Womack. Each week we sit down for a chat with someone just like you, someone who had an idea, a passion, a dream, or sometimes just a thought, and planted that seed, watched it grow into something they wanted to share with the world. If you have an idea for a topic or someone that would be a guest for the Bloom Where You're Planted podcast, Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, where you can join our Never Too Late Cafe Facebook group. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for joining us this week for the second part of our chat with Josiah Whitley. Be sure to check every Wednesday for new episodes on the Bloom Where You're Planted podcast. So words of wisdom, what would you offer words of wisdom to someone that does what you do or wants to do what you have done? I've been asked that question a lot. And every time, depending on where I am in my career, that answer has changed. (laughs) Well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, You think so? Yeah. Uh, The the thing I would tell... You just gained other wisdom, that's all. Yeah. There's there's two things I would... There's two things I would say. Mm-hmm. And they, they both go hand in hand. And one is not more important than the other. Actually, yeah, they go hand in hand. And one is not more important than the other. Um, the first one would be this. And it's you have to have this one first before you have the second one. The first one is um, ask yourself and be brutally honest. Why do you want to play music? And the answer usually is going to be because I love it. And then uh, the follow-up should be, okay, then you should play the music that you love. Mm. There's too many people out there that love to play music, but um, they play the music they hate because they think that's going to bring a crowd or they're trying to appease people. And I've learned, uh, I learned that lesson one time right before I even started playing music out. I made the decision, but, I was just doing open mics. I hadn't had a paid gig yet. And I went to um, Port City Pub here in Portsmouth, which is where I practically live. I love that place. And I saw a musician who was much older and he had completely lost the crowd. He didn't have the crowd in the beginning. But then I saw he got desperate and he tried to play an Ed Sheeran song, but he was like 65 years old. And it just made it even worse for him. And it was it was not entertaining at all. In fact, it was very embarrassing. And I promised myself I would never do that. I was only going to play the music I wanted. And I realized that if I played the music I wanted to play, then I was going to have a really good time, whether people were listening or not. And if people did notice and they were listening, they would have a much better time with me because my playing was genuine and it came from a sincere place. And it came from Mm. a fun place and it radiated out of me, whether it was my body language or the way I was playing the guitar or singing. And if they didn't pay attention, then I still had fun and I got paid, Uh, (laughs) which is good. And then the second part is, you know, if someone's willing to do that, then the second thing is they need to get to work. They need to find where the, the, well, you want to get a gig? Yeah. You want to play Cincinnati? Sure. Well, where are you going to play? You got to hit that internet. You know, everything's on the, everything's on the internet. And literally we, I'm so thankful we live in this time. I know that's very rarely said these days. But we live in a world where any question you want answered can be fulfilled within a couple of minutes. Your curiosity can be almost instantly satisfied by this awesome thing called the iPhone and Google. 
So, you know, you want to find places to yeah. play, you want to get gigs, find them, Google them, find where you can play in Cincinnati, Columbus, Akron, uh, Toledo, Charleston, West Virginia, Nashville, Tennessee. Get organized, get their emails, get their phone numbers, call, 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 email, 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 you know, sell yourself. You deserve to be told no. Musicians give up because they've tried to call places and they don't get an answer. You deserve to be told no. In fact, you do. You deserve to be told to get the hell out of my email. Never call back. You you deserve that. And only way you'll play music full time is if you have that kind of drive. I do remember you saying that you deserve to be told no. You do, and that's that's different. And with sales, and you know, like in an AT and T, uh, you had three times. So someone would say no, I'm not interested. You'd say, okay, cool. But here's what I could do for you. Then you would do that three times. And if they still said no, then the answer was definitely no. But in in music, it's the same if they're if you're on the conversation with them one time. But if you're not getting an answer, keep beating that door down because it could be all kinds of reasons why. You know, there were some people I called and called and called, and they were like, they actually prefer if you do email. I'm like, you could have said that two years ago, you know. <laughs> and then I get an email, then I get the gig, and then they love me, and they were like, you want to come back once a month? Yes, that's twelve gigs. That's you know, that's almost $2,000 worth of income right there. And it was worth it because I didn't give up because they never did respond. I'm still sending places emails that I've been trying to get in there for years. And mm. sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it don't. But what are you really doing with your time? You just copy and pasting and hit and click. It literally takes less than a minute to do that for every venue. And so it's really not like it's time wasted, you know. You're giving lots of advice there. It, it really is good stuff. It's good stuff. I want to well, apologize. I want to apologize. Um, no matter where I move my studio, my dog has to be with me. And if I get excited or laugh, he gets excited and he'll bark. I mean, I can put him anywhere and he has to be right by my side. And unfortunately, once in a while, he'll bark. I have Bless a cat too that That's comes so around. <laughs> Two happy people make for a happy dog. <laughs> <laughs> he has to be here. It's it's his duty. <laughs> so anyway, um, I, I don't normally acknowledge, but I, I probably should just say, hey, no matter where I work and stuff, he goes with me. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, well, I've enjoyed our time together and um, you have done so much. And you have you've got a lot of wisdom there for someone your age, you know, to hit the road and, and, and you're teaching, you've been teaching for 14 years, 15, 13 years. 13. And yeah, I've had, I've had some guitar students fall by the wayside. I've had some, one of them, um, he was already good. He just needed a little bit of tweaking. His name's Caleb Miller. He plays in a group called King Callaway. He's on the Grand Ole Opry all the time. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. He's from I know our King area. Callaway, Mark the drummer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Caleb Miller is the boy's name that plays the drums. They're sweetheart of a kid. He's got a good head on his shoulders. The kid can absolutely play his butt off, too. And he's earned every bit of his success. And that's really exciting to see a, a former student doing that. And another one got accepted to Berkeley College of Music, which was that's an extremely hard college to mm. get into mm. so it's that's rewarding but you know playing music is is no different than any other job and 
that's and I guess I'll give that one more one more piece of advice to to musicians that are struggling because the rest of the world for some reason does not see art as a as a sincere way of income but everybody sure does love all of our work you know everyone loves movies everyone loves tv shows stand-up comedians um rock concerts concerts of any kind who does not listen to their radio you know in their car or pandora or something you know everyone loves content creators people read books but being an author that's not a real job right being a parent that's not a real job what helped me get through all that and to just get rid of all that. And also what helped me be relatable to people in the real world is what Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones did. He was, he always thought of being a musician like a trade. And he said, a plumber's got his, uh, got his plunger and his wrench. Carpenter has a saw and hammer. Guitar player's got his guitar. And he said, drugs, that's an occupational hazard. Arthritis, occupational hazard. Right. And he was like, that's what it is. Because you go on the road, so do welders and, and pipe fitters. We go out there. We spend weeks away from our families. We travel the world. We travel the U.S. That's what we do. You know. So when you think about it like that, all of a sudden, and then like a salesman, like I like I did with with um, booking gigs, that makes it so much easier. And also, it'll prevent you from getting in a depression. Like, well, they're right. I'm really not doing a real job. That's not true at all. And you don't need that kind of negativity in your life. Those are the same people that say pineapple don't belong on pizza. Yes, it does. <laughs> hey, I happen to like <laughs> pineapple on pizza. <laughs> Called Hawaiian pizza. It's a real thing. You know? And if you don't like it, don't order it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, when you mentioned, I always have to say this because I lived in Massachusetts for 20 some years and uh, I had the opportunity to hear um concerts from Berkeley students. And mm-hmm. I went to grad school with a couple from Berkeley when they went on to get like a, a teaching a master's and stuff. And so it was amazing. Oh, um, It was just different. Like people would say, you knew people from Berkeley. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So The thing anyway. that's interesting too, and when you see someone of that caliber, it's just, it's so inspiring. Um, but the, the thing I ran into was I would see musicians like that and it would break my heart to see some of them so jaded because of just the music industry in general. It's it's very difficult and it's always evolving and it's never geared to benefit the musician or the artist in any way. They're always trying to take your money. And for instance, you know, my mom for uh, my birthday and Christmas bought me Bruce Springsteen tickets. And I'm sure you probably heard um, Bruce Springsteen tickets are outrageous. They're going between five and nine grand at times. And it's insane. And um, other places are, it's getting out of hand. And not all of it is the uh, musician's fault. It's StubHub and Ticketmaster and all that, adding all these extra fees. So they're trying to get as much money. And people are like, well, I'm not going to go see Bruce Springsteen for five grand. Soon he's losing fans. All because of greed. So like the concert mm. is like the last way we can make money next to merchandise. But um, I'll tell you this, this uh, story. There was a, a friend of mine who was a um, very well-known guitar player in a very big band called the Newsboys. They were a very big contemporary Christian group. I've seen them, I think, mm-hmm. seven times. That's the band I've seen the most. I've seen them in arenas all over. And he and I are very, very tight. We have a very strong uh, mentor relationship. And he told me one time he was in a piano bar in New York City. And this guy was just playing the piano in the most 
the most beautiful way he's ever heard of me because he made me cry. He was so good. And he said, he went outside to smoke and he said, and I followed him. And he goes, I was telling about how I played, you know, in a big group and stuff. And he goes, the guy literally looked like he could not have cared less. And he's like, I gave him a lot of money. He's like, I stuck a few hundred dollars in his tip jar. He goes, they act like he didn't care. And he was just so jaded. And he said, man, he goes, I would give my life to play like you. And the guy leaned in real close and he said, I have. And he turned around and walked away. And I thought really long and hard about that, that, Mm. you know, musicians tend to, they can be that way too. You know, they practice and all that stuff, but they literally, sometimes being a musician is really uncomfortable, especially if you want to be a great one. You know, you, you might have to miss out on, on certain things like, like cars and vacations and nice houses and (laughs) even a nice apartment (laughs) and wives and kids, you know, so it can be tough. And and I'm sure that, with anything in life, you can experience burnout, even if something you oh, love. Absolutely. So, I've been there. So, um, so what, I'm just going to put it out there is that I've invited you to be at Wood Songs. Yes. And I am so excited because that, you know, having an area where you can go and create and share and it's non-competition. There's no winners, no mm-hmm. losers. It's just having a quiet time in, and of different types of art forms. I think that's sure. exciting. And very I wanted to so. do it for a long time. I am very happy you're going to be a participant. So Me too. I, I love what songs to death. I've watched that for a long time and mm. it's excited to be affiliated with them. It's literally like it. When I got the yeah. phone with you, I was literally like screaming. I was so excited. <laughs> I was elated. Wow, I don't know that I've done that to anybody before, but <laughs> it's a, I just I love I love stuff like this. I love podcasts. I, I just love talking about music and and I just hope that my not only my music and things like that, but my maybe my story or just my positivity and love for music and my energy about it would help somebody maybe that might inspire somebody you know and i think there's if you really sincerely are given it everything you got and you love it 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 might go unnoticed you know like picasso not picasso but uh, van gogh was not famous in his lifetime you know uh, beethoven he was well known and famous but he didn't make a lot of money but their art form has lived you know through generations if not even a couple hundred years by now and has done so much good you know, so much Absolutely. good for people. And so I love stuff like this and, and being able to to share and something like wood songs or something as small as playing in a pub, you know, or something as, as big as driving out and playing at a college in front of, you know, quite a few hundred people. You know, that's it all. I don't know. At the end of the day, when you lay down and, and your head hits the pillow, I mean, you, you got to be happy with what you do. And, and I think doing things like this, helps that happen and i think Mm. it's super important it's exciting to do it every time well you're a great storyteller so (laughs) i I know that's part of what you like to do and Mm -hmm. and that's what separates me from other entertainers big time Mm. Mm -hmm. so when you talk about energy i guess i could keep talking too (laughs) but yeah um in Massachusetts, I had a, a studio and we did open mics for fundraisers for a nonprofit that I was with at the time. Mm-hmm. And the first time that we had, like, I don't know, 
we did groups from 7 p.m. till midnight. And at the end of the night, I couldn't sleep. I was so like floating. And one of yeah. the musicians was a friend of mine. And she said, this is what it's like. I said, how do you ever rest? It, it, it was, I was so energized. It was so powerful. And I was like, yeah. I, I want to do this. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's addicting and you can definitely cop a buzz off of it. You know, it's to me, like there's no better feeling than, than playing, you know, a good show or not even that really, but the, a good show to me is not, there's a lot of people there because I've played a show one time where there were tons of people and not a dollar in the tip jar, not a clap because no one's paying attention. But then that same night, uh, I'll keep this story extremely short, but that same oh, night fine. as the place was, as the place Tell was me closing. More. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'll tell you that full story. Uh, but um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the point I'm going to make. And I'll tell you the story. The thing is, it doesn't matter how many people, you know, the, the thing that makes it great and what makes it intoxicating for me is that I get a share and sharing, whether it's a funny story or it's just a piece of wisdom or, you know, it's a song that you wrote. It is so fun when other people are having just as much fun as you are, you know, or you, you see them react, you know, whether you're, whether they cry to a song that's really sentimental to you, or it's just a flat out sad story that that's gotta be told because it's so good. Or they're laughing their hind end off at, at a joke that you've told that, but it's really a true story that happened to you or, or, you know, you wrote a song that's got a funny line in it and the whole place laughs, you know, it's, sharing that and connecting with people and mm -hmm. that reminds me that like i was saying i played a, a show one time this is my favorite road story so i was playing in akron at this place called the old 97 cafe it's extremely nice in a very very bad neighborhood <laughs> and um they had i had to play on thursday and it's uh and if the nfl started thursday night football so um the cleveland browns were playing this is northern ohio it's cleveland browns territory and it was during the time when the Cleveland Browns were losing like every game, they lost like 16 or 17 games in a row. It was really bad. And um, this place was absolutely packed at the wazoo to watch this little TV. That was literally like, it wasn't even 36 inches. It was, it was small and it was in the corner. And this place maybe seated 50 people, maybe 40. There was almost a hundred people in there standing oh, wow. room only packed to watch this little TV. And I was right in the back. Not a dollar, not a dime. I caught myself like zoning out to, to watch the game. That's a very unfulfilling show, and, and it was not fun. And I was, I collected the money, and the bartender was a very good friend of mine named Keith Maloney. Shout out to you, Keith, if you're watching this. Um, he was uh, doing dishes and trying to settle this extremely intoxicated man's tab. And he looked over at me, and I, all my stuff was put away. And he looked over at me, and he was kind of swerving back and forth and he goes and he was dead serious he goes you know i didn't hear a single note you played but damn it son you sounded great <laughs> and i said well thanks and that he makes said, sense uh <laughs> yeah i know i know he was very 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 drunk and he said what's your name boy and i said josiah whitley and he told me his name and he said i tell you what he goes i already lost money because the cleveland browns lost and he goes, I'll give you $20, though, if you sing my favorite song and cheer me up. I said, oh, man, you don't have to do that. And he goes, fine, 40 And he slammed $40 on the bar. 
And my buddy Keith Maloney is shaking his head no to me. And I said, you know what? I'll, I'll do it. So I needed the money. And so I put the guitar on. And I needed the money specifically because Keith and I were going to go out to the bar later and shoot pool and uh, drink beer and eat chicken wings. <laughs> and I needed the money to hang out with my friend. And this very drunk man goes, whoa, now he said, now, if you don't know the song, you owe me $40. And I said, that's a deal. So I said, I've never done this before, but you sing the song and then I'll take it from the chorus. And he started singing this really, really weird song. And I looked over at my buddy Keith and by then he's like, yeah, yeah. He's shaking his head and, and smiling because when I was setting up for that show, he asked if I would play this song. And I said, I actually know this. And he goes, it's a weird song, but I love it. It's called Quinn the Eskimo by Manfred Mann, but it was a Bob Dylan song. Oh. So, so the words are like, everybody's building big ships and boats. Some are building monuments. Some are jotting down notes. Everybody's in despair, every girl and boy. But when Quinn the Eskimo gets here, everybody jumps for joy. And I kicked into the chorus. And this guy was so excited to lose $40 on a bet. He attempted to do a cartwheel and it was obviously never done one before. And he knocked over all the stuff, all these chairs and the table. And there was a couple of people outside waiting on him. And he, they came inside and they're like, what's going on? And he was like, play the song. They're playing our song. So I started, I kicked into the song again. And these three incredibly drunk people, they tipped me over 300 and some dollars. And, <laughs> and we made this drunken three-minute sing-along, made this three-minute song, became like a drunken 10-minute sing-along thing. And I made more money playing for those three drunk people in 10 minutes than I did in three hours entertaining a whole room of people. And they had the time of their lives. And this is one of the best stories I got. And, you know, the, it's, the moral of the story is it's not how many is in the room. It is who is in the room if they're open to if they're open to be to uh, get what you have to share i'd rather play for three drunks that are enjoying it than a group of people that don't like it any day makes me wonder did they remember it later i doubt it <laughs> you go we came in here with so much money and what happened yeah. you know the wife would be like i gave you a i gave you a free weekend pass and a hundred dollars where is it i don't know <laughs> it was getting spent at the basement in downtown akron's where it was getting spent at <laughs> well, as our time comes to cl a close, I really want to thank you for coming on. And I appreciate um, you, Laura. Thank you so it's much. It's been fun, actually. So, this is Laura Walmack saying bye for now. I'm going to tell everyone out there to bloom where you're planted, keep creating, keep sharing, keep supporting each other. And um, thanks again, Josiah. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Alrighty, bye-bye now. Take care.